their speakers, authors, and real-life rock stars, bringing you life-changing thoughts that rock, taking conversation all the way to 11. Most shows only go to 10. Well, it's one louder, isn't it? These go to 11. To 11. This is Thoughts That Rock. Now, here are your hosts, Jim Knight and Grant Menzoir. Don't do that. For those watching the video, I apologize. <laughs> Welcome, it's Thoughts That Rock. It's your favorite podcast with your hosts, Jim and Brant. Mm-hmm. Today... We're gonna we're gonna continue our very popular speaker series. Just the third in this in this speaker series. This is actually the fourth. Yeah, we started with how to get started as a speaker. Then okay. we did uh, how to find your niche as a speaker, mm-hmm. and then it was how to get paid as a speaker. Yes. This Important. is the next. I think we've got five or six total, but. This okay. is uh, this is where we started, just trying to help people get a little bit started in our industry if they want. That's right. And today we're going to talk about how to build credibility as mm-hmm. a speaker, right? That's yeah. that's where it's at. So we're just going to jump right in. It's just two of us today. Uh, all of our friends are busy, so <laughs> we're going to have to. See, we, it goes right back to us. What do you want to talk about? I don't know. What do you want to talk about? That's all that. We'll wrap it out of a hat. Well, Jim, let's 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 jump right into this. What is uh, what is our first thought that rocks around building credibility? Yeah, and, and we've sort of alluded to this, I think, in some of the others, but this really is, if you're going to increase some credibility, credibility, if you really uh, want to be perceived as uh, a speaker in the industry, and again, I guess we're probably going to talk more about people that are kind of getting started right out of the gate, I would say, number one, you got to customize content. Now, not every speaker is going to agree with me on that one. You might actually disagree with me on that. We'll talk about it in a moment Um, because we do have some speakers. They don't customize anything. They know who the audience is. I think they might, uh, I don't know, if somebody were to ask them a question or at least they might make a reference or two. But from a content standpoint, they're going to do what they're going to do. I'm sort of the exact opposite. I I probably bring 75 to 80% of the same direction, but I'm going to customize some things and I pride myself on it. And I, I do think clients actually like that. And and these would be things like, let's just say from a language standpoint, you know, I'm very interested in, in the big three. I want to know, what do you call your employees? Are they associates, staff, team members, crew, whatever word you want to use, you know, Disney, they have cast members at hard rock. We had hard rockers. If there's a word you'd like for me to use, that's the word I'm going to use. And I'll be very cognizant about it on slides. You know, if it comes out of my mouth verbally, but that's one. The other is what do you call your end users? Are they customers? Are they guests? Are they members? What, you know, is there a unique word that you use? And then the third one is if you actually have physical locations and some of our our clients, they don't. But if they do, what do you call those? Are they locations, units, stores, branches, you know, warehouses, like whatever you want me to say, that's what I want to do. And I think that is like if you just did that, that would probably be enough. But then some of the other customization, I'm looking for opportunities to put their logo or if they created some conference graphic, I'll put that on the slides as well. Um, even sometimes a few Easter eggs or, or two is kind of cool for people to notice in the audience. 
And then probably the last thing that I do to sort of customize everything is I will try if they've got really good pictures of their people. You know, yeah. people love to see uh, pictures of themselves <laughs> up on the big stage. So if I can get a couple of their team members to be actually in the slides, um, yeah. that's great. And if I can't get those, I'll go to Google Images and get something that looks like their industry and put that in there. So just customizing from a from a language standpoint, from a logo standpoint, and then their own people. Those are the things I think that really make people go, wow, th this guy or this girl thought about us. They get us. I'm not just yanking something off the shelf and doing the same thing that I do for everybody else. I don't know. Do you sort of have the same feeling? Do you go to that length or are you just maybe your customization is I'm just aware of who the audience is and I can sort of cater some of the examples and stories to them. What do you think? Yeah, I think it's, I think it's a scale, a sliding scale. Right. And I think you're on one, you customize a lot. Right. And and I think yeah. that's obviously part of the reason that you've been as successful as you've been is that, is that everybody feels like you did your presentation for them, not yeah. for someone in their industry, but for them specifically. Um, I think, I think a lot of it has to do as well with the type of content you present. And so yeah. with the type of content you present, which is really giving practical advice, tactical ways of which they can do it today, right? This isn't like theoretical. This is like, do this. Um, it's very, uh, it's, it makes more sense to customize that you need to customize. Otherwise you can get yourself in trouble. You call, you call somebody the wrong thing or you, you know, we've all been in that scenario where we've mentioned a company maybe we shouldn't have <laughs> in our presentation um, and you end up with egg on your face. Right. And so it's important to know, you know, one of the things that I'll ask and, and this is really I mean, listen, most of what I've learned from this stuff has come from you anyways. But m most of it um, I always ask is, uh, you know, is there a word I need to avoid? Is there something that is a is a, you know, a four letter word for you guys that, that you just don't call people this or that, um, you know, in the medical industry, sometimes, um, I've, I've come across the, you know, they're technicians, they're not, you know, something else that you might call them. And they, if you refer to them as anything other than that, um, they get offended. And so, yeah. um, it's important to know, as, as as it's important to know as to what you call your own people, it's what landmines do I need to avoid uh, to make sure that I don't step in it. Um, I, it reminds me of a, a bit of the Spectrum commercial that they run on TV for for business internet, where the guy's in the room and and he's like, "This is all you've got." He's like, "Not only is it all we've got, <laughs> all we do, it's all we do. This is the only thing you can have, yeah. and if you don't like it, mm, tough luck." Um, I don't think you can have that approach. I think that for someone like myself who speaks on on a a more overarching thirty thousand foot view discussion of something like values, um, my customization is more to the end result more than the content itself. So I'm going to customize where you want me to land the plane more than I am what I'm going to say you know, about the content itself. That's yeah. pretty much going to be really similar. But, but if you tell me, look, we need this to drive um, a project that we've got that ends in Q3. And if we don't hit this, we're going to be in deep trouble and we might have layoffs. Like I will land the plane very differently if that's the scenario, as opposed to, 
hey, we're killing it right now. We just crushed it. We had our best year ever. Um, that's a that's that you know those are different airports, <laughs> and yeah. so you've got to you've got to customize. I think on that for sure. I think the level of customization also is is you know how in, in the style of what you present, you are very much a teacher when you are presenting. Um, and so you're used to, you know, the, the follow the bouncing ball, right. In the, in the old, um, cartoons, when they wanted you to learn something, a, a song, you would follow that bouncing ball. And you do a lot of that. Your slides are animated. They go from step one to step two, and they, and you're showing them exactly what it is. You're having them write it down. I mean, it is very, it's, it's very much in tune, I think with your style for other people who are inspirational speakers or motivational speakers or whatever that might be. They might not have quite that level of customization. They might change a story. They'll throw it. They'll throw a different story in because the story resonates more. Maybe it's a story relative to the industry or something like that. But that's, I, I mean, I think overall it's definitely a sliding scale. And, and I think there's an argument to be made that the more you're willing to customize, the better it's going to land. Yeah. It's a bigger pain in the butt. I mean, there's no it doubt. Is. Right. You know, no and I think you make a great point, you know, on some of the, you know, whether I, I like that you said inspirational and not just motivational speaker, because sometimes that comes with some, you know, some baggage as to what people think, you know, probably van down by the river type of stuff. But, you know, the reality is there are people that are asking for that, that want that, that need that. And it would be tough, I think, to change some of it. You make a great point about how maybe the direction is. I guess my initial thinking, sometimes I, I think about our, our good friend, you know, uh, Alison Levine, it's her story. And so you sort of are telling your story and that in itself is inspirational, but she might still, to your point, make one analogy or one story that would be very relevant, whether it's building teams or, you know, she, she makes that great analogy about there comes a point in time where you've got to take two steps back to even move one step forward and having to sit back and think and take stock and, and focus strategically and not just run up the hill. Nobody can do that uh, when you're climbing Mount Everest, apparently, which I will never do. <laughs> uh, so I, I do think everybody probably customizes a little bit. But if we're talking to people who are really just getting started, they're thinking about this, and we've already gone through the steps. Here are the things you need to do to get started. Even having Michelle Joyce on was talking about you need to get your act together with collateral. You know, we've talked about those things. How do you get your niche? You know, all of that stuff. How do you get paid? Well, now to build some credibility, you really do have to think through what could I do to get this client to go, wow, they thought about me. They didn't just, again, just pull, you know, since you said rabbit out of your hat, you, they, they didn't just do the same old, same old that they did with some other company or some other industry the week before. They, they really do truly understand that. So I think you make a great point about that. Well, not only do you, I mean, so let's take it. Uh, in my opinion, you're somebody who takes the customization way, way farther too than far? like I Not too, too far. far. No, I don't think it. I don't think it's too far, but let's talk about Sylvie DeGiusto, our, our really good friend who was on a recent episode. Yeah. Sylvie customizes her content down to the landing page on her website. Yeah. Now that is a level of customization that um, 
it's not just about the day of present uh, day of presenting. It's about walking somebody into the idea that you're going to do a talk for them. Yeah. Um, so if you come, if you come to her website via financial institutions or something like that, and that's what you were looking at, your homepage looks very different than she's got 12, I think 12 plus different home pages based on industry and each homepage is customized to that industry. So that's a level of customization that I like, it hurts me to think how much time is involved with doing yes. that, like a brick wall. Um, but um, it's something that, listen, it, it's why she's so busy and why she is who she is. And it's part of, it's part of her um, fair advantage. <laughs> how do you like that book drop nice. knowledge right there? Um, and, and listen, here's the other thing. You might be going, this is a lot. <laughs> this is a lot. This is a huge pain in the ass. And I don't know that I want to do all this. Yes. <laughs> the answer is yes, it is. Welcome to um, the game. That's it. And if you don't want to do it, that's totally your choice. And you might find success by not doing it. I, I think both of us would argue you'd find more success if you're willing to customize a little bit, a little bit. If you're willing to bend a little bit, I think you're going to find that not only will the clients be appreciative, but the message will actually land a little stronger. Exactly. Exactly. Hey, listen, we will be right back after this message. Welcome change agents to your go-to place for stories that ignite your spirit, fuel your purpose and connect us all. We believe in the incredible power of the human spirit, its boundless resilience, and the inspiration it brings to our lives. On the Driving Change Podcast, we'll journey together through the extraordinary yet very relatable experiences of some of the most amazing people on earth. Our mission? That through these stories, we might just spark change within you and awaken a newfound motivation to harness your unique gifts to make a real difference in the world. So get ready to be inspired and join us on this incredible adventure. You can find the Driving Change Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you love listening to your favorite podcasts. All right, man. Second, what is our second thought that rocks on how to build credibility as a speaker? Yeah, I think the second one is you've got to go out there and provide testimonials. You know, and I, I say provide, meaning first off, you got to get them right. Yes. But you got to make sure that you can put some previous uh, speaking yeah. engagements, people that this perspective, this possible client can yeah. call or talk to or at least read about you yeah. from other people. It doesn't have to be in their industry. Yeah. Now, this could be, you know, I guess written is probably the best way, you know, if you can get people afterwards, especially if you just crushed it, whether it's a small group of five people or there were 500 people in the audience, again, geared more towards starting off brand new speaker. Don't be afraid to ask people, especially yeah. afterwards, you know, hey, can you do me a favor? And just even if it's a one or two sentence, couple lines, you'll take it because eventually you can put that on your website or you can put that in your bio or at least upon request. If you really want to go gaga, which I, I love Ross Bernstein shared with us, so something that he does, and, and he is just a prolific 100, 150 uh, speeches a year type of guy. He goes out and videotapes testimonials right afterwards, like literally grabbing the top person, the president, the CEO, grabs her, grabs him, and just 
puts a camera in front of their face and says, can you tell me what you thought about Ross Bernstein, what he just shared? It'll like literally, what are they going to say? They're going to say nothing but positive stuff since he's the one doing the recording. And then he just snippets that little bit and that goes into his, I don't know, either his video or his website or whatever. So I'm not sure it really matters the format. I would guess if you're first starting off, everybody's got a phone. That could be an easy thing to do again, especially if it's very positive in sure. what you just delivered. But getting those testimonials, I think, again, to increase that credibility, to get people to go, wow, this girl or this guy knows what they're doing. And I have people that I could contact if I wanted to, to see is, you know, is this guy pulling the wool over my eyes or are they actually worth their weighted salt? Um, I, I have not done video testimonials. I've just done static ones and I'm putting that in my demo video, but I certainly have those on my website as well. Um, what, yeah. what, what do you think about that? Is that, I know that's something that you've also done, right? I, I suck at it. Like I'm, I, I wish I were so much this better. This one's for uh, you, man. Number two is for you. <laughs> yeah. You know, especially when you're getting started, especially when you're getting started, um, yeah. you, you need testimonials. You're, what you're doing is you're, you're mitigating the risk, right? That's, that's what you do. You're, you're, you're helping somebody take a chance on someone that they don't know. Um, yeah. and so, and, and so, you know, I have, I have gone, um, sort of, if I remember, and if I'm, if I, you know, when it's done, I'll send a thank you. Hey, thanks so much for the opportunity. If you, you know, wouldn't mind, I'd love just a, a sentence or two. Um, I know people who provide examples. Hey, if you're looking for something to say, here's a couple of things that you could say about me. <laughs> and they, they literally provide the words to say, um, you know, I think it's interesting that, um, there's a part of me. So the marketer in me, it's, it's more about the emotion um, and what's being said than who said it. Right. Mm -hmm. So, so I know some people are like, well, if it's not accredited or it's not this, or you don't have, you know, GE or, you know, Verizon or Netflix or whoever it is that that's, that's signed on the dotted line and said this about you, um, then it doesn't really matter. I, part of me says that there are enough <laughs> people who are easily swayed in this world. And if you don't believe me, look at our political system and tell me that I'm not telling you the truth. Um, you can pretty much come dear darn close to murdering somebody and still get elected these days. Um, that it's just, uh, you know, if, if I would have things that I would get, uh, audience, reviews or, or well, you know, they do, they do like when you're done, they'll, they'll have the audience write in and rate you, right? How was your, how was your session? And they'll write in things and I would have some awesome things, you know, it, it's all, you and I laughed about this a ton. You'll have, you know, this was incredible. This talk changed my life. And then the next one goes total waste of time. Yeah. <laughs> Don't know why I'm here. I disregard those. I lop those. <laughs> yes. yes. But, but you know, nobody you know, is, is putting their names in there. So I don't know who it is, but that doesn't mean that I don't want to use it. If, if somebody said this talk changed my life, I'm going to put that somewhere and, it, yeah. and I don't care if it's accredited or not. You know what I mean? I'm not saying it myself. Somebody said it. And, and if it, if it's reflective of what I want for my brand, I'm going to put that out there. Yeah. Now, if that was said by the CEO of Disney, fantastic. That's great. But at the end of the day, I don't think that a lot of companies are looking necessarily at who said what. 
they're looking at what was said. And so in the beginning, if you can't get the big names, get them to say something. It could be, you know, Mary H, John P, Bob G. It doesn't matter. Just, just put their first name and, and get them to say something positive about you. And that's enough in some cases to get people to take that risk. Now that as your fee goes up, you're going to want some of those company names uh, behind who they are because if someone's going to pay you 20K plus to come to a talk, they want to know that it's more than your mom, your brother, your sister, your aunt who said you're really good. Um, They want to see somebody who's spent the money and was happy that they did. And I think that it changes as, as you climb the ladder of success. Yeah. And, you know, probably uh, it's a it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. At some point, you don't need to go get the testimonials because that's right. You will have already made it and you're getting the gigs. However, you do make a great point. I think, you know, if it is a really big global, you know, well-known, well-liked brand, you -hmm. can always upgrade. You can go back and see what are my testimonials? What logos do I have? Maybe there's one that was at the beginning that I don't need that one the lesser known and I can plop this one in. So, you know, and it's always good to get that feedback anyway, you know, nobody, you know, if if you're really interested in just constantly being relevant, you don't want to rest on your laurels anyway and just go, you know, I've made it. I don't need this anymore. Yeah. What if the feedback is, nah, it's pretty good, but could be better. I'd want to know that so that I absolutely swing a heavier stick next time or go, Hmm, I've I've been doing this for a while. Maybe it's time for me to amp up my game. So, you know, again, I know we're talking about increasing credibility. And at the beginning, I I would just say whoever it is, and you make a great point, it doesn't have to be uh, attributed to any specific name or it could be initials or, or like you said, maybe first name and that's enough, but definitely get the testimonials and provide those to at least your, your potential clients. And I think it's gonna, it'll weigh a little bit heavier than not having it. Let's just say that. Agreed. Agreed. Again, you're, you're, the whole point of getting a testimonial is to prove to somebody that you're worth what you're, you know, that, that, that you're good at what you do. You're worth yeah. the asking price and that they, you know, they'd be foolish not to hire you. I mean, that's, that's what you're trying to communicate in the best way possible. If you, you know, it's one thing to say that about yourself. It's something else to have somebody else say it about you. Yeah. And we, we, we joke, uh, our buddy, Scott Stratton, uh, you know, has a problem with, with people putting out memes of quotes of themselves and everything, yes. but listen, someone's got to say it. And if no one's saying it, I'm going to say it. And that's just how it has to be until people start talking. So, you know, it's, it's, um, I think it's a fine line for sure. I think you need to, you know, not take yourself too seriously, uh, in, in those instances, but you know, I've got clients too, like, like St. Jude that they won't allow me to put St. Jude in, and I can yeah. talk, I can say, I can say their name and, and something like this. I can say that I've worked with them and that they are a client of mine and that we've done amazing work together, but I can't put it in print. I can't yeah. do that. And, and every time I've made a mistake and forgot and put it in print, I get a nice little email from them that says, you can't do that. You're going to have to remove that. Um, and I've had to remove it from my website twice because I just, I couldn't put their logo on, on clients that I've spoken at. Right. And Mm. so it's, it's, um, in, in instances like that, I've had a quote from 
a world famous children's research hospital <laughs> is all I could say, right? Yeah. Because I can't actually give the, the the name of the client because they're you know they won't allow it, and and that's fine. It's not it's not usual. I think that's unusual to have a client get that tar. But when you have a brand to to protect, I understand that as well. Um, yeah. But um, you know, I, I think you're right. I think it's more important that you have testimonials period, wherever they come from, wherever they might be, whoever they're attributed to, you've got to get people saying something. Mm -hmm. Um, I think the video testimonial is awesome, but that's like sifting for diamonds, man. Like, I mean, if you got someone who's like, uh, this was awesome. Jim really motivated me to uh, be a better employee. And like, you know what I mean? And they're staring and they got Cindy Brady syndrome and there's no energy at all. And you're trying to pump people up with this video testimonial. They might be saying all the right things, but if they're not saying it in a way that is energizing, you're sort of like, I'm just going to write that one down because you don't, you don't want to put that video out there. It's not helping you. It's actually hurting. Yeah, it's, I'd still do it. You never know. I, I would yeah. just if it was going to work. I mean, video is certainly that that is an interesting, innovative way to Mm -hmm. go. That's, Mm -hmm. that's what they wanted to do. And listen, just be transparent. I do put out memes of me quoting myself and then I like those memes (laughs) and then I share them with me. Yeah, you do. (laughs) Myself for just a little shot of adrenaline. Hey man, we know the algorithms. We got to use the algorithms just like everybody else. And if that means we share our own stuff, I'm, I might share it to my other socials. That's just how it goes. Someone's got to do these things. My first book had testimonials all from you. There's two different variations <laughs> of your name. That's right. B Menswar, Brant M, <laughs> BCM, <laughs> all of the things. Yes. People are like, Listen. Ah, interesting. He doesn't know a lot of people. All right. We're going to take it home with our third thought. And this is uh, this is a little bit of a controversial one. So t- it what, is. Is our, what is our third thought that rocks around building credibility as a speaker? Yeah, I think this is a gutsy one. Um, and I'm not sure people would be willing to do it. I think once you get established. So again, I'm talking about brand new speakers yep. trying to increase that credibility. My third thought would be guarantee the delivery, meaning you're going to tell the client it's a hundred percent guaranteed. I will not take the money. I will give the money back if I did not deliver what you wanted. Now that, whoo, it, it's scary because you're taking a chance, you know, from a content, from a you know, bringing the thunder delivery mm-hmm. standpoint. And if you can't do that, and they're like, mm, it's not exactly what we wanted. Well, then shame on you. You didn't do that due diligence. Due diligence. You didn't take the time to really customize. You didn't take the time, I think, to really understand them and what their needs are, like what you were saying before. What are the words I should avoid? Um, what, what are maybe some big things going on in your company right now that I could help support or stay away from? Whatever it is. But for you to put the dollars on the line, especially when you're first getting started, you're just thankful that somebody's probably paying you. And let's just say it was for $500 or $1,000. And you flat out go, it's guaranteed. I will give you the money, but I won't take it if it's not what you wanted. I think it's actually very gutsy in such a way that somebody, I, I can't imagine. I mean, I used to do that my first year when I was out on my own after Hard Rock. Um, and, and already I was a little bit known in food and beverage and somewhat in hospitality as well. And I still did that my first year. I wouldn't do that now. Now I go, you're going to hire me. You're, you're going to pay. And, and, you know, you hope like heck that I've done a good job. Um, but I think there's a really good, um, 
a, a good case that could be made that not only would people you know, definitely pay you, they might actually pay you a little bit more if you're a low fee speaker. So I don't know if this would work for everybody. I don't even know. I didn't ask you about this. I don't know how you would feel. Have you ever guaranteed delivery or is that something that you would endorse for somebody starting off? I I wouldn't do that personally um, just because it's a swagger thing for me, man. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) I'm just going to be just totally honest. Yeah, I, I, um, my swagger gets in the way of me doing something like that. <laughs> if you don't like it, you can, <laughs> yeah, I, that is, I mean, that is genuinely, it's, I'm not even like, that's genuinely who I am. And, and, um, you know, I have, I, I, I take a very different approach I, and I think the guarantee thing is again, you're mitigating the risk, right? Here it is. You might do it. I'll give you your money back. For some people, that totally works, and it and it makes sense to do that because again, you are especially when you're starting out, you're looking for opportunities. Yeah, I, I come from a you know highly competitive athletic background where it's blood and guts, and it's it's win at all costs, and um, you know I, even in my years in sales before music and all those sorts of things, it was about closing the deals. It was you know Glenn Gary Glenn Ross. It's it's you know you're. <laughs> you know, copies for closers. Um, and it's, you know, it's that mentality. Right. And so like, I would much rather be, uh, I, this is literally a close I used to use sometimes, but I, I've never used it in the, in the speaking world, but I could definitely see myself doing it. I would say something like, look, Jim, I understand you, you have a conference, you want to hire the right person. You got a couple of options. I get it. It's like you're you're hungry for a hamburger and you don't know if you want McDonald's or Burger King, right? I, I totally understand both of them are, are good. The truth, Jim, is that uh, one of them has a mascot that's a clown and the other's got a king. So you ready to have it your way or what, baby? Right? Like that's like that's literally that's more my swagger. <laughs> I'm going to chastise somebody in in a way that's sort of funny, but basically saying, if you pick that dude, you're a clown, right? Like that's, that's literally how I would do it. I would smile. I'd wink. I'd be handsome. I'd do all the things that I need to do to, to try to, to, to diffuse it. But at the same time, I'm going to smack you with my swagger hard enough for you to know that you don't need to worry about this. This is, you got lots of other things to worry about. I'm not the guy you need to worry about. So I, I think it's just, really depends on approach. Although I yeah. can see, I, I can see both working. Let me, let me ask you this then. If, uh, you know, as I'm pitching this as sort of a third thought to increase yeah. that credibility, it definitely is a, it, it's a gutsy thing to sort of stick your neck out and try. Yeah. If it wasn't for your personality, is there another thought or another approach that you would take that it, that would maybe be in the same spirit? Like, you know, I don't want to put you, I, I know we've got a little bit of time here yeah, left yeah. before we wrap up, but what, what would you maybe think would be, mm, this would be another way that you could increase that credibility. Uh, for me personally, it's getting to know their business a little bit, right? Beyond their company. Like you got to know a little bit about the industry itself. Like mm-hmm. if you go in cold and you're speaking to the funeral home directors association that both of us yes. have spoken at and you don't know anything about what their daily life looks like, or, you know, you gotta, uh, you know, 
I try to do some due diligence always, right? I'm going to read a little bit of some industry rags if I can find them. I'm going to see what's going on in their business. I'm going to try to find out the struggles they're facing. I'm going to fall. I'm going to go on LinkedIn and I'm going to follow people in that industry. And I'm going to start to look at what they're talking about. What are the pain points they're experiencing right now? Like all those things. So that when I have a conversation with them, it's an intelligent conversation. It's an educated conversation that I am. I've done my due diligence and I'm tailoring what I am saying based upon the facts that I've been able to gather um, as, as opposed to hitting them with generalities at every turn. Right. And that's, that just, it doesn't feel good to anybody. Right. And, yeah. and it's different. If you've got a name for yourself, look, you're less Brown. You could be less Brown. It doesn't matter what you're going to talk about. People are hiring yeah. you because they know you're going to walk away feeling good. Um, Gary V is the same. Gary V doesn't show up with a particular outline of anything. He just has a conversation and yeah. you just know when you walk away, you're going to feel encouraged. You're going to get smacked with some, some language and some other things that happen, but you know what you're signing up for. If you've got that level of notoriety, it's a different conversation. But when you're just getting started, um, I, I think that you'd be really, you do yourself good that if you are being approached or someone's interested in having you speak, um, do your homework, find out, yeah. you know, if, if, if they've got franchises, what does the life of a franchisee look like? Like, what does that feel like? What's the difference between a top performing franchise and a bottom performing? Like what's the, what's the, what is it? Is it 10%? Is it 20%? Like ask the questions so that you sound educated enough to have an intelligent conversation. That's going to be applicable to the people in the room. And I think that that's, um, that's what I would say is do, do some due diligence within the industry, not just your client. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to add that into the show notes. So, you know, I think that's a very good thought that, that you basically are getting four thoughts today. And it's nice. not the same as customizing the content because no. all of the things that you just said, I, I'm talking about things that you could verbally say from the stage or change on the slides, so the, the yep. language, the logos, the, yep. the pictures. You're talking about having enough due diligence, maybe just a little bit of a, a breadth of knowledge so you can have those conversations. I think that could be uh, something that would be huge as well. So yeah, great, great point, man. That's awesome. Brett, Brett Culp, right? Brett, yep. um, our, yeah. our good buddy who's been on the show, um, you know, one of my mastermind buddies, Brett decided that he wanted to take a deep dive into healthcare, right? And so he decided to not just come generalization with leadership as a general subject and documentary, you know, he's a documentarian. And so he's, he's made these films and has this incredible footage, but he really decided to, I thought you were about to tell me he went to medical school. He was like, no, no, no he didn't go to med school. <laughs> yeah, he decided he doubled down. He went four years and people forgot who he was and he came back. No, he, he uh, the best speech he ever did. <laughs> No, he, he decided to create a mini documentary specifically about their industry. And, and that resonates way differently when you've got a room full of nurses or a hospital in front of you or a you know, drug company or whatever that looks like. If you're talking within that vertical, um, it gives you a different level of credibility um, and, and definitely puts you way above somebody else when they're looking at who to potentially hire to come speak at their conference. Um, yeah. I think that's a, that's a deep, deep 
level. Andrew Davis does the same thing. Another, another great speaker who, yeah. who sort of goes deep into a vertical and, and makes that his vertical for the next year. Um, that is a, a very, listen, you've got to have the discipline to do that. And that's, and that is something that I don't think many have period. Um, especially if you're, if you're a speaker, you've got a little chip on your shoulder, you got a little, you know, hop in your step. Um, and it's hard sometimes to keep us, to keep us in line. And, and that requires a level of discipline that is more, uh, uh, an engineer's mindset, not an artist's mindset. And I, and I think that, um, some of us are blessed with that. Some of us are, are, are not blessed with that. Um, and so I think it's, you know, uh, uh, the idea of, of opening the level of expertise to an industry, um, beyond just your client, uh, can help you across the board uh, more than than just maybe niching down. Yeah. So fi final thoughts on this, how to increase credibility. The ones I wrote down and I added the fourth one, customize your content. Yep. We put provide testimonials. You got to go and get those, but at least being able to provide it. Yep. Guaranteed delivery. You can put yep. an asterisk there if that one's a little bit too gutsy for you, but I like yours around uh, doing some due diligence. You know, whether it's about that particular company or the industry, I think are all fantastic. And, you know, I, I should probably say this if, you know, Brant and I are both keynote speakers and, uh, you know, we, we probably have done these before in the past. But one of us, you can have it your way and the other one's a clown. <laughs> I'll leave it up to you to discuss which who's who's which. And see. Thank you. Thank you for watching. Say hi to Grimace for me, Jim. <laughs> Good night, Pony Boy. We love you guys. Rock on. Hey, rock stars. Thanks so much for tuning in. Yeah, and listen, we know how busy you are. And grabbing those little nuggets of wisdom that can amp up your life are super hard to come by. So we hope this episode helped you enough for you to maybe subscribe and consider leaving us a rating and a review so that we can continue to grow the show. Das That Rock is a proud member of the Evergreen Podcast Network and also supports Cannonball Kids Cancer and their fight for finding and funding treatment options for kids who have run out of options. They're amazing. Their work is incredible. To learn more, please go to cannonballkidscancer.org. Finally, if you're interested in having Brant or Jim or both of us speak at your event, whether as a virtual webinar or an in-person conference keynote or mastermind, contact us directly at thoughtsatrock.com. Until next time, rock, rock on! Welcome to the Wellness Driven Life Show, your gateway to a new dimension of wellness featuring discussions with world-renowned experts, pioneers, champions, and professionals. Experience high-end production, sophistication, and easily applicable tips and tricks for everyday life. Your journey to wellness, it starts here and it starts now. Tune in to the Wellness Driven Life Show and become a part of the evolution of driven living.